This is another sports podcast. Hello, everybody. My name is Drew Torres, and today we are back with another damn sports podcast, episode 85. I am here with Money Mike Gilchrist. And uh, wow, what a week one. The I just need to start by talking about the fact that somehow the New York fo- football giants came through for me after a very heartbreaking loss with, for the Jacksonville Jaguars and somehow, someway pulled a win out of their ass and beat the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I just, Mike, you, you got to give us your feelings. How did you feel when you were watching that game from start to finish? I know it started off a little bit rough, but somehow they pulled it out in the end. Yeah, from I'll I'll go through from start to finish. It was a roller coaster to say the least. I mean, the first quarter, first half was same old Giants they've been for the last five years. I mean, bad offensive line protection for Daniel Jones. He was sacked five times for a total of thirty-two yards. Um, they weren't getting really any plays down the field. I mean, they had one play from the Tennessee Titans territory in the first half, and it was at the very end on their last play. Um. So they punted every single possession other than once where Jones fumbled the ball. Again, something that we've seen a lot of since he's coming to the league. And it was just like, oh, this is the same old crap. It's 13 nothing. Like, this is going to – I just have to sit through this. This is like a workout. Like, I have to just get through this, and it's going to suck. Um, but the Giants came out in the second half in their first possession. Just Barkley breaks a big run. Daniel Jones doesn't throw it one time. They do it between uh, Brita and, and Barkley the whole time. Um, running in for a touchdown. They missed the extra point, which sucked. But then on their next possession, blown coverage by Tennessee, and Daniel Jones hit Sterling Shepard for a touchdown. And now all of a sudden it's 13-13. It's like, oh, my God, this is a game. Like this, The Giants are actually in this game, and the defense was not great. They had a lot of open like moments where Tennessee like just threw to a guy who was like open by 10 yards. Yeah. But they were able to contain um, – you know, they were able to contain Henry – to 82 yards. He was held under 100 yards, and they were able to get stops when they needed to. I thought there were some bad play calls by the Tennessee offense. Like, they ran to a tight end on one play, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? That's that's terrible. Uh, but uh, the Giants got the ball when they were down 20-13, to 13, and Daniel Jones threw the worst interception he could have possibly thrown, where he literally from this time he snapped the ball, looked directly at Barkley the whole <laughs> route, and was trying to back shoulder it to a running back when the corner is looking right at you, the whole point of a back shoulder is when the corner is not looking at you and you can get it to your receiver. Saquon Barkley is a good catching running back, but he's not a wide receiver. You don't back shoulder to a running back, and you also don't throw a back shoulder when the guy's looking right at you. <laughs> That's not how it works. And so the Giants turn it over there. It's really, again, it's that more familiar feeling of, oh, they got back in the game. They're going to lose it. And then the Giants get another stop, and they get the ball back. And, you know, I love seeing – Brian Dayball go over to Daniel Jones after he threw the interception and just ripped his ass. Like he just yelled at him and was just like, what are you doing? Like, you can't do that down there. Like actually holding him accountable as opposed to being like the passive Pat Shermer or McAdoo or Joe judge, like Brian Dayball got in his face and said, you, you can't do that, but you're going to get another chance at it and make sure you convert this time. And the giants go down and score. Now this was great. I thought to myself, I'm like, okay, they'll probably kick the extra point here. It'll be 2020. Tennessee will get the ball, kick the field goal. I've seen this so many times over the last five years where the Giants are in these close games, but they leave too much time on the clock. The other team scores a field goal. So I'm sitting there. I'm pacing in my apartment at this point, walking around. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Don't you just always love that feeling of just knowing that your team is just yeah. bad so you know they're going to drop it? 
like they're gonna, blow it. they're gonna blow they're either gonna blow covers they're gonna have penalties which all was true i mean all was basically true there but i did not expect them to go for two mm-hmm. i was like what if they went for two but i didn't think they actually would do it and apparently D- coach dayball was like saying to the guys before they even um got the ball back he's like hey if we get the ball here if we score i'm gonna go for two you guys cool with that like making them part of it and they were all like fuck yeah like yeah we want to do that and sure. so you know they score a touchdown they have the play design now if you really look at the play tennessee should have tackled barkley i mean they like he daniel jones tosses it to barkley at like the three or four yard line and tennessee has penetrated our offensive line they're right there but barkley is so good that he was able to make a play happen and they got the two-point conversion they hoped 21 to 20 but then subsequently the giants give up all the yardage they commit so many penalties tennessee gets into a, a relatively you know, short field goal compared to what we've been seeing this week and a lot of 55, 60 yard field goal attempts. This was a 47 yarder, which by the way, was the same amount of yardage as um, wide right was back in the 1990s. Just fun fact. <laughs> um, and uh, once again, the giants are the beneficiaries of the other team, not being able to convert the kick and the giants win the game. And I, I was what I do. I'll be honest when I'm sitting watching a game at the beginning of the game, I'm sitting in my recliner chair, you know, I'm just, sitting there watching it you know enjoying the game but when it gets intense at any moment i stand up and i'm watching the tv on my feet uh but when it gets really exciting i sit down on the floor in front of my tv with my legs crossed like really angst up and when the giants when they when the titans missed that kick i leaped into the air and screamed and one of my neighbors who's also a giants fan who lives on the other side of the building she texts me hey the giants won and I'm like, oh, did you hear me screaming? She's like, no, but I was going to ask you if you heard me screaming. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so awesome. And I'm like, phone lit up. Everybody was so excited. Oh, it was just it yeah. was exciting to see the Giants do something good <laughs> and be excited about football. And this is the first time the Giants – I'm sorry about the long-windedness of this, but it's the first time the Giants are, have a winning record since 2016. It's the first time they've won the first game of the season since 2016. So, all in all, it's exciting to have – a, a new head coach who has some balls and a new culture and have a healthy Saquon Barkley. It's just, it was an exciting all around game for the New York football giants and for New York giants fans. Yeah, man. Uh, so yeah, everybody, as you can hear, money, Mike is obviously happy about the, the giants finally getting a win. Uh, I was surprised. Obviously I think everybody was surprised. Everybody thought that the Tennessee Titans were going to be able to steamroll over them, but uh, the Giants were able to somehow pull out the win, come out 1-0. They're tied for the division lead with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington Commanders, unfortunately. Um, so congrats to you. It's all, it, it's always great to see uh, Ryan Tannehill sad. It's always great to see the Tennessee Titans sad. Um, so that was, that was the high point of my weekend. The low point of my weekend, unfortunately, was the way that the Jacksonville Jaguars played um, on Sunday because they... Honestly, I I don't say this almost ever. The Jacksonville Jaguars are a team that always find a way to lose. That that's the type of franchise they are. They they're never a team like Kansas City, like the Patriots, now like the Buffalo Bills that find a way to win. They're always a, a team that's going to find a way to lose if they somehow find themselves winning during a football game. So <clears throat> the Jacksonville Jaguars did not come out looking great for the most part in the first half of the game. But then in the second half, they were able to force some turnovers on Carson Wentz. And uh, we actually pulled ahead 22 to 14 halfway through the fourth quarter, I believe. And then it just all turned around. The offense couldn't make a play. The defense couldn't make a play. 
Carson Wentz hits a couple bombs, and they end up winning 28-22. to Very disappointing start to the season. Um, the only positive I saw was the fact that the, the Jaguars seemed to be able to move the ball a lot better than they normally do. Uh, Trevor Lawrence did seem dialed in at times, but also I overthrew some some uh, some receivers. He, he made some mistakes at key times that I think would have won us the game uh, if he was just able to make that throw. Um, but obviously it's, it's an overall team game. It, Travis Etienne had the worst freaking drop, the worst freaking drop that you could ever have. Fourth down, if he just catches it, walks into the end zone and the game is, and, not, and we're, we're up. Uh, but unfortunately we ended up turning the ball over there. And like I said, we pulled, uh, pulled the L against the Washington commanders. So they are tied with you guys for first. Well, I, I you know, I was I didn't see the whole Washington uh, Jacksonville game. I had to like, I was watching red zone for the one o'clock time slot. Cause the giants didn't play till four. So I would only see like key moments of the game. And from what I was seeing was Jacksonville moving the ball well, but they just couldn't convert on opportunities. Had they converted on opportunities, this game would not have even been close. Yeah. Like this game when like they were moving the ball so well. And there was a time where they really were stalling Washington and Carson Wentz was being Carson Wentz and making really God awful throws. <laughs> <laughs> but he was able to still rally and throw four touchdown passes. And uh, Gibson played really well for Washington. He and was he, running all over us, dude. That was which, really Which bad. I was, I, I, I'll be honest, I was quite pleased with because I have him in fantasy. Yeah. But <laughs> Of course you were. Of course you were. You always benefit from my pain, Money Mike. It's a damn shame. But, you know, you know I, I remember saying to you during the game, I was like, well, Jacksonville's clearly having no trouble moving the ball. So they'll be able to, once they figure this out, they'll win this game because they're they're – they're a little bit more, they have a little bit more of a rhythm, it seems, in Washington, but Washington was able to figure it out at the end, which really sucked for you. Um, but I, I I did see maybe a more competitive energy from the Jacksonville Jaguars yesterday, or on Sunday, versus, uh, you know, a team that we saw last year. Yeah. You know, the, the, the team we saw last, last year was playing for an absolute idiot of a coach, and they just didn't really know that they were so young. So they just didn't really know what to do, how to win a game. And they still don't know how to win a game, it seems. But uh, it, it seems like they'll figure it out eventually, hopefully. Because it is definitely trending upwards. You have the Indianapolis Colts next week, who did not look fantastic on Sunday. No. And they have not won in Jacksonville in how many years? What, since 2014? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's, it's some it's some crazy statistic. Like, I don't understand how they haven't been able to beat us in Jacksonville. But um yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll go over those picks later. I do have to do some housekeeping here before we keep moving. Uh, obviously, like I said last week, we are live here on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash UncleDrew15. Uh, we have some comments already in the uh, the chat here. C. Torgalski, you know who that is, Mike. He says, just wanted to remind you that the Jags and Giants both suck. And then he says specifically to Mike, don't the Giants suck every season? Why are you surprised this year would be any different? So, well, I, I mean, I have to remind him that the Giants right now have the exact same record as his Philadelphia Eagles. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not surprised. I, I did. I, did I pick the Giants to beat Tennessee? If we look back at the tape, I did not. I have, I am in a Giants need to prove it to me mode. And I'm still after that game looking at Daniel Jones and I'm in the naysayer camp of he's not going to be the future of the New York Giants in terms of the quarterback um, based on what I saw. He didn't. He didn't really have many opportunities to throw because they I don't, they wanted him to. <laughs> to <be> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. The, but, but Daniel like, Jones is the type that. of quarterback you're going to win in spite of, right? That's kind yeah, of the, I mean, the situation we're in. Again, I, I, he still has 16 more games to prove it, 
Um, he didn't have great blocking, which I was hoping that we'd have somewhat better offensive line play than we did uh, the other day. But um, again, I, I think that if he has a healthy Barkley backing him up all year long, that'll open up his opportunities to play well. Um, but again, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to be drunk off of one game of excitement. Like, yeah, the Giants won. They're one to know. There are people already looking at the Giants next three games and be like, oh, we've got Carolina, Dallas without Dak Prescott and the Bears. We should start the season four and oh. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> like, it's cool the Giants won this game. It's exciting. But there were so many opportunities that they had to lose this game. Yeah. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. One, two, have you watched week one of the NFL season? No game is predictable. I mean, who would have predicted that Pittsburgh would beat Cincinnati? Who would have predicted that Seattle would beat Denver? Who predicted that San Francisco would lose to Chicago? You can't, who would predict that Dak Prescott would break his hand week one? Um, right. You know, there, there were so many unpredictable elements to week one that for Giants fans to be so excited over this one win and be like, oh, my God, we're going to be 4-0 to start the year. Like, I would love that. I think they have the potential to do that. I think they can absolutely win the next three games if they played to their potential. Yeah. But – Carolina was figuring things out throughout that game, and they almost won against Cleveland. So Carolina's going to be a tough game. Dallas, we always seem to struggle against Dallas over the last few years, with or without Dak Prescott. I mean, we were the team they were playing when Dak Prescott broke his leg um, or whatever happened to him when he got carted off. That was still halfway through the game, and Andy Dalton came in and beat us. So just because, the, just because Dallas won't have Dak does not mean that we're going to somehow now beat them. And Chicago, I mean, I was on the, you know, record saying that Chicago is probably gonna be the worst team in football this year uh but their record is the same as the Giants right now they're both one and oh so the, the Chicago Bears could easily beat us at MetLife Stadium so I'm not taking anything for granted it's one win it's great it's exciting I love seeing it and I want to see the Giants be competitive every week but I mean Chris is right the Giants are, are are still not uh deemed a good football team by most people's standards I'm certainly still in the prove it mode to me I mean prove me Prove me wrong. Prove prove Chris wrong, New York Giants. Prove that you guys <laughs> yeah. are an elite franchise uh, once again. Yeah, and obviously that that's how you prove that you're a, a solid NFL team is by being able to string together wins. Just being able to pull out one win at the beginning of the season against a team who everybody projects to be pretty good, but um, week one is obviously viewed as... It, it, like Week one isn't that big of a deal when it comes to who's going to actually make a run for the entire season. I mean, we saw... Last year with uh, Green Bay getting absolutely trounced by the Saints and then getting the number one overall seed in the NFC as well. I that those memes about how week one doesn't matter to Aaron Rodgers at all um, are, are going around. But I will say the uh, one of the many things from week one I was happy to see, though, was the fact that our uh, producer Steve Demblaker was pretty happy after watching how the Minnesota Vikings played this past weekend. Fortunately, Steve was not able to join us today. Something uh, personal came up that he had to take care of. So it's just uh, Mike and I. I know that that's disappointing to all of our listeners because he was uh, definitely the glue that held this podcast together for one episode, and he will continue to be going forward. But the Minnesota Vikings absolutely destroyed the Green Bay Packers, and the Packers have an issue, don't they, with their uh, receiving core? I mean, it was kind of funny to see the statistics that Devonte Adams, him alone, had more receiving yards than the entire Green Bay receiving core on Sunday. So, yeah, that was, that's that's really that was pretty, really bad. That, that was really hilarious to see. Um, you know, they're just not in sync. You got uh, the classic Aaron Rodgers eye rolls at moments in the game. Um, you know, it was it was pretty funny. I mean, uh, yeah, I it's gonna be a frustrating season for Rodgers game because I just felt like the Vikings have a new energy to them this year. Yep. And I knew that green Bay was going to, you know, 
they need to figure some things out. And so, um, again, Kirk Cousins, statistically last year, if you look at his stats, he was really, really good. He was really good. The Vikings played in so many games that could have gone the other way and they would have potentially been a playoff team. Uh, but this, uh, they had some unfortunate luck. And, you know, yesterday they really uh, – I keep saying yesterday because I'm still in the mode of, like, the high <laughs> of the weekend. Um, you know, they – I mean, Kirk Cousins had – he threw uh, 23 for 32, 8.7 yards per throw, two touchdowns, was only sacked once, and had a QB rating of 118. Um, and then you had Dalvin Cook still running for 90 yards. Um, and then uh, Justin Jefferson had an – career day nine receptions 184 yards average of 20.4 yards two touchdowns and 11 targets like he played phenomenal he definitely played up to his fantasy football ranking that's for sure yes no that's that's absolutely true that man is going to be a star in the nfl going forward the fact that he was able to put up those numbers against the team where people were saying the packers defense was going to be pretty decent this year and you know which they've been saying saying over the past couple years um but justin jefferson is on a whole nother level and it, it, it kind of people were saying too after justin jefferson went off this week that it, it's really worked out for both the bills and the vikings the fact that the bills have been able to kind of build that amazing relationship between josh allen and stefan Diggs to all to move towards all the success that they have had over the past few years and then the, the minnesota really hit on their draft pick obviously with justin jefferson being the number one guy being still having Adam Thielen there to be their solid number two and having a great running back. Like honestly, this Vikings offense should have always looked like this. I think that the change in coach made such a huge difference for them. And I know it's just one game. Things could fall off the the wheels could fall off and shit could get just as bad as before with Kirk cousins. He could could just not lose all of his confidence. And then the Vikings start losing again, but Hey, you, you mentioned solid number two. That's what I hope the Vikings do to the Eagles on Monday night this week. Take a solid number two on them and just... Mm. Uh, Money Mike with the shit jokes, as always. I love it. But no, the uh, the, the Vikings, I, there's a reason I picked them as my Super Bowl pick coming out of the NFC. So Again, that, that's something that a lot of people are going to criticize. But as the weeks go on, if they continue to look as strong as they did week one, that's going to be more and more legitimized, I will say. Yeah. Um, I think they're definitely the best team in the North. Um. And I think they're going to win the North for sure. Um, and uh, their next few games, they play at Philadelphia, at home versus the Lions, and at New Orleans. Um, I think they potentially could win all all those games and start the season off 4-0. And again, you know, Dallas losing Dak Prescott is going to really take them out of the contention for being one of the top NFC teams. Uh, the Rams certainly did not look like the world champions week one. Um, like I do have to say look- though, it seemed like that the Cowboys, even with Dak Prescott, weren't going to be competing for oh, anything. They, look anyway. they looked great. awful, dude. It was I have Dak Prescott in two fantasy leagues, and I was watching this, and, and by halftime, I was like, "Shit, dude, I got to look for a, a new quarterback. This offense looks terrible." And then he gets hurt, which kind of made my decision easier. Um, but yeah, it, the, the Cowboys are doing nothing this year. It's very unfortunate for Cowboys fans. Mighty Mike doesn't care. He's like, perfect. Thank God. We don't have to hear about it. I mean, dude, this honestly, <laughs> this this week one was a perfect week of football for me because Syracuse football won, right? That started the weekend off strong. They're now 2-0. and um, The Giants won, which is the most important thing of all of it. But uh, hey, the Giants won. I went 3-0 in fantasy. I was supposed to only go 2-1 and because I went into the Sunday night game projected to lose by like 20. 
because the other guy had Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb, and they played like shit. So I won that game. So I went 3-0 in fantasy. Giants won. Syracuse won. And at work every week, we make picks, and you put $10 in, and the winner takes all. And I won. I won this week. So everything went my way. Yeah. Everything literally went my way. The only thing that didn't go my way in terms of football was Texas didn't beat Alabama. But they were project- projected to lose by like 20, and they only lost by like one. So Yeah, and there's a very controversial non-safety call, too, there that could have turned the tides of that game. Ah, uh, turn the tide. I get it. Nah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it was, and then the Cowboys being pathetic was just icing on the cake for me. The only thing that could have made the week better was if Washington lost to Jacksonville and if Philadelphia lost to Detroit, but you can't have your way with everything. So, yeah, I was going to say, come on, dude. It only would have been a perfect week if my team ended up getting the dub too, but no, that, that, that's good, man. I'm happy for you. I'm happy you had a good first week of football. Me, on the other hand, at least my specific team didn't do great but the team that is in my city did absolutely fantastic on thursday night football the opening game of the nfl season on nbc facing the rams out at sofi stadium in los angeles the rock coming in and giving us his intro saying that the rams were going to ram pete i thought that was pretty dumb not gonna lie but um (laughs) after that it was all bills the Bills absolutely stomped the Rams for the most part. First half was a little rough because Josh Allen uh, yeah, had a couple it was turnovers. All, it was all Bills in the second half. So that second half. But first half, Josh Allen turned the ball over a couple times. The first one wasn't his fault at all. Isaiah McKenzie just bobbled the ball and threw it right into the defender's hand. The second one, he just kind of uh, underthrew uh, uh, Jamison Crowder, who stopped on his route as well. So it was kind of an odd, odd situation to begin with. But man, that second half, the offense got it going and the defense had it going for the entire game. Like Von, the addition oh of Von Miller to that defensive line is next level, right? Seven sacks for 49 yards for the Buffalo Bills defense against Matthew Stafford. Like they just were swarming him. And that is why I said, um, I don't know if I said it on the show, but I said it in a conversation that, you know, the MVP is a narrative award. And I think that Josh Allen will be one of the top quarterbacks in the league this year by far. Um, but he might not get recognized as MVP because of how good the defense is going to be. And that's going to be contributing to why the bills will be so successful as a team that I think like Patrick Mahomes is going to get more credit for not having Tyree kill and making it a, a, a statistic, amazing season. Uh, you know, so I, I could see, I could see that being a narrative that Josh Allen won't get the MVP award unfairly. I mean, I think cause he's going to play phenomenal. I, I as long as he stays healthy and everything, he's going to play phenomenal. Uh, but I think that that's going to hurt him in regards to the MVP award because of how good the team is overall. Because, you, I mean, everyone's talking about the Bills as Super Bowl favorites. I mean, almost all the writers on ESPN, um, all of them, were picking the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because they will look at the Bills and say, where's their weakness? I mean, punter, because they had to get rid of the guy but before the season started. <laughs> they didn't even have to I punt mean, in their first game of the season. Yeah, I mean, your weakest point of your team, you don't even have to use because the rest of it's so good. Right. Um, and, and again, I'm always the one who will kind of shit on the Bills on this podcast, but I will say they're, they're, Bills fans have every right and reason to be excited about this team. Josh Allen looks phenomenal. The defense looks phenomenal. Even with the two young corners, man, they were able to uh, really put it together. Great coaching. Since, since the Bagulas took over uh, the ownership, the Bills have been ran so smoothly as an organization than they were in years past. But the only cause to pause is it, it's week but. one. No, no, I'm just saying it's week one. But and a, a lot can happen between now and the Super Bowl. <laughs> and 
I mean, did you see Kansas City this weekend? Did you see Los Angeles? There Kansas are, City schmanz is schmitty. There's, there's, there's a lot of good teams standing in your way. So, I, I mean, uh, Bills fans, eat your Buffalo wings, have your Zumba pants on, break your tables. You're going to have so many fun moments this year. Zumba pants. Now. That is hilarious. What are they called? I don't even know. Zubaz. <laughs> Zumba, Zubaz, who cares? The... <laughs> Zumba is the dancing class where you're burning calories, you know, and having fun, right? That, that That's the Zumba class. Well, they're gonna be da- they're gonna be dancing all season long because they're gonna have so much fun. They're gonna have so much fun throughout this year. The Bills. I mean, I'm looking at the Bills schedule. I mean, they're gonna beat Tennessee this week. I mean, because I mean, come on, Tennessee lost to the Giants. All right, hold um, on, Money Mike. Before you go into scheduled reading mode, I have to give a shout out. Poseidon Super Smash Bros with the subscription, my man Ian, huge Carolina Panthers fan. Carolina Panthers fell a little bit short this past weekend. Baker Mayfield wasn't able to get the win against his last last team. Fuck, they were but, my uh, survivor pick. <laughs> they were they were Money Mike survivor pick, so he's very sad. We will get to them in a second. Money Mike, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just gonna say they played Tennessee, Miami, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. Now Baltimore's gonna be a tough game because that's at Baltimore. Miami's gonna be good, but I mean the Bills have owned Miami the last few years, and I don't see Pittsburgh beating them without TJ Watt. I mean, TJ Watt would give them the only chance, like, to maybe disrupt things. Again, Pittsburgh beat Buffalo last year. Najee um, Harris is hurt now as well, too. It. Like, we don't yeah, know how serious they've got it no, is. They, but, they, yeah. They've got no chance to beat Buffalo. Um, so, I mean, again, the Buffalo Bills are going to go deep this year. They were going to win 13-plus games, probably. Um, and, again, I have nothing to criticize about the team itself. The only thing I have to say for Bills fans is – a lot can happen between now and the Super Bowl, and there are a lot of other good teams standing in the way. I think That's the only, I- yeah, the I think the only negative that came from that game is people were talking about how they are just running Josh Allen like crazy. Even when the game is locked up, they're still having him run design runs and take big hits, like like which is fine. Like like at the end of the day, Josh Allen knows what's best for him. You know, he's you got to let the a guy like that play like how he wants to play. You can't limit him, but. Yeah. He is literally your season. You need him healthy more than anybody else on that team. So it makes you so, so nervous when he has to take those hits. Um, but I'm shout out to Bill's mom. What's that? I'm going to go the rest of my days calling them Zumba pants, by the way. Zumba <laughs> pants. <laughs> That's a good way to end the, the Buffalo Bills discussion. Shout out to Bill's Mafia. Big win. Hopefully you guys get another one next week against the Titans, who I have one thing to say. Suck it. So we will now family podcast. <laughs> family podcast. That, that's all we do. We we this is good for children. Show your kids this. It will help them yeah. turn into money Mike when they grow up. And everybody wants that. But everybody wants that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh so we'll we'll now move on to uh like I said, we'll we'll talk a little bit about that Panthers Browns game, you know, Mike, because I know you chose that game as your survivor pick. Um last year. Last year, I chose the Jaguars to beat the Texans week one. They ended up losing that week. So you gave me shit all year about how, oh my God, he's already out after one week. He takes a risk, goes with Baker Mayfield and the Panthers, and they end up falling just short after looking terrible for for a good portion of the game. They made a miraculous comeback. Yeah. Yeah, for three quarters. And they made a miraculous comeback, but they just couldn't seal the deal, Mike. Well, they lost in the way that I've seen the Giants lose so many times. They left too much time on the clock. Cleveland got into field goal range, and 
I mean, when he kicks it, you see it's going wide, and you saw some Panther players already celebrate, but then it just, you saw the football gods were like, nope, this one's going in. (laughs) Yeah, it was like, it was was the perfect draw shot, like a golf shot. It was just a nice little curve to the left. Yeah, I mean, that was uh, pretty, pretty depressing. And I got to say, you know, having um, had picked them for my survivor pick, I know we have a safety. So, I mean, I'm still alive, technically, according to the rules. But it was embarrassing to to lose in week one. Uh, I'm ashamed. But I have to say, for selfish reasons, um, in hindsight, it's a good thing they lost because now they're depleted and uh, upset. And the Giants won their game, and they're excited, and they have momentum, and that's who they play next week. So hopefully, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in kicking someone when you're down, when they're down. Um, so I hope the Giants do that. <laughs> there we go. That that's uh, kicking someone when they're down is great. But you know what's a little bit better than kicking someone when they're down, Mike? Gifting someone five subs while they stream their podcast. Thank you, Poseidon Super Smash Go Super Smash Bros. Gifting five subs to Steve Demblaker. C. Torgalski, Serperino Bandit, who came in here. He says, I am here finally. Giants undefeated, baby. And then he also gave oh, one to Shaquille Oatmeal 3313 and David. So thank you so much for the uh, the subs, Ian. But uh, yeah, the I'm sorry your Panthers could not pull out the win for you, especially with how nice you were with that generous gift. Um, Mike, uh, Give give Burrito some hype here about the Giants win real quick. Don't go into an, another full review of the um, the game, but just like tell them how hype you are about the win. I mean, come on, Big Blue, Big Blue's back. They've got a coach with balls, and uh, they've got some excitement. <laughs> they've they've always uh, looked for ways to lose games. They found a way to win. They found a way to win. It's a different energy, a different tone. Let's go, New York Giants, Big Blue. Let's go. Oh man, we've we've got a little bit of a rivalry building here in the chat. We've got Poseidon and we've got Sir Burrito Bandit and uh, Brent, Burrito, obviously a Giants fan. Ian is obviously a Panthers fan. So pa- Ian says Panthers over Giants, and he he seems pretty confident about it. Mike, what, what do you say to that? Whatever. I I, I mean, <laughs> I feel bad for him because on Sunday he's gonna feel pretty bad around four o'clock when the game's over. Uh, you know, <laughs> Ooh, money Mike sounding a little confident about his team. You don't hear that much these days. No, I mean, Hey, the giants are favored. The giants are favored in this game. Okay. The giants are never favored. <laughs> what does that say? Uh, All right. <laughs> that is true. You don't see that that often. So you might have to it, money. Mike might lay down a little, little bit of coin on this game. Huh? Is that what you're saying? I wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. I, I'm going to, uh, I'm going, to, I'm going to make this bet or make this proclamation. If the Giants win, then Ian gets to come on the podcast. If the Panthers win, then Ian gets to come on the podcast because he's been wanting no, to come on the podcast. He, he can come on the podcast regardless of the outcome. I'm all good with that. <laughs> yeah, my boy's been wanting to come on to the podcast, so we'll have him come in as a guest one of these days. But hopefully – Panthers and Giants have a solid, solid game, solid, fun game. If, if if the Panthers had Jake Delhomme as quarterback, I'd probably be more nervous. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Jake Delhomme was kind of a legend. You don't want Cam Newton, you want Jake Delhomme. That's what I'm telling you right now. But all right, we will move on to the uh, what, what game you want to talk about now, Mike? There's so many of them. Uh, what's the next one? Well, I will say, I mean, there was so much controversy in last night's game against, uh, you know, with you know Russell Wilson returning to Seattle. I mean. If this was 10 years ago, from 2012 to 2015, if Seattle was playing in primetime at home 
you were an idiot if you didn't pick the Seahawks to win because they were just unbeatable at that time slot at home because that stadium is so loud. That environment's so crazy. Um, I mean, you've been there. You've heard how loud it is. In there. Dude, I was there the when they were playing against – they had Geno Smith starting against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The place was maybe three-quarters full, and that's being generous. And that place was still the loudest stadium I've ever been to into in, in my life. And I have been to – I went to the freaking Bills-Patriots playoff game where they, that, that place was absolutely packed, even though it was way below freezing. But nothing holds up to Seattle's uh, sound, that, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and so Seattle came out, and Geno Smith looked – great i mean they were looking on top of it on offense and um you know they scored what was it i think they scored all 17 of their points in the first half mm-hmm. um their defense held crazy Denver came out kind of looking flat out of rhythm and you can kind of see a difference between i know preseason doesn't really matter that much but denver really didn't play any of their starters in the preseason at all mm-hmm. where seattle everyone in seattle was fighting for their job so they all played pretty much all the preseason snaps so, like, Seattle just came out looking way more in sync. And mm-hmm. I think Pete Carroll is, like, getting sick of people saying, oh, Seattle's going to be the worst team in the league this year. They're rebuilding. And he's like, no, we're not rebuilding. We're still going to be competitive in these games. And I think the Seahawks organization and Pete Carroll really wanted to beat Russell Wilson because he wanted it out. And yeah. they're like, you're not coming in here and beating us. And Denver just kept screwing up. I mean, they fumbled twice at the goal line. They get the ball. They're now in 17-16. They get the ball to right past the 50-yard line with 54 seconds to go. All three timeouts, it's fourth and five. And you see, if you're watching the Manning cast, Peyton Manning's doing this. He's like, timeout, timeout. <laughs> yeah, Shannon Sharp's their guest at that point. He's a Bronco. He's like, what are they doing? <laughs> Why did they call the timeout? Russ, what are you doing? You know, he, he went all that. <laughs> That's a good impression. I like that. Um, and they let 20 or 30 seconds off the clock. And then they call a timeout, and they're going to kick a 64-yard field goal attempt. And it's like, yeah, McManus has a strong leg, but he was one for seven. One for seven from 60 yards outside of Denver in the last, like, three, four years. Yeah. Um, dude, there's only a, a very small number of kicks that have gone through the uprights from that distance, dude. Like, like the odds, just look at the odds. Converting a fourth and five or hitting a 64-yard field goal. Converting a fourth and five is way more likely. So I you're, I 100% disagree with the decision to to kick there. You're paying Russell Wilson 265 million dollars. You're you're paying him for moments like that for fourth yeah. and five on the road to convert to get a closer field goal attempt. You still have 54 seconds and three timeouts. What are you doing? Like it didn't make any sense at all. And it's just like Russell Wilson. One of the reasons he wanted out of Seattle was he didn't have enough he he didn't have uh, enough control. And that, to me, looked like a situation where – because if Peyton Manning was playing that game, Peyton wasn't looking to the sideline to see if he could call a timeout. He just calls a timeout. Yeah. Because he ha- he's in control. He's entrusted with the controls. Right. Tom Brady would have been entrusted with the controls. Russell Wilson was like, like, why didn't he call a timeout? But Because he, he doesn't have that authority. He doesn't have that trust in the locker room, I guess, or, or by the coaches. Yeah. Which is I really mean, weird because he was brought there to be a leader. Well, and maybe – Hackett told him beforehand that he's like, if if we get within this many yardage, don't call a timeout because we're having McManus kick. Like maybe he knew beforehand, but the, the issue is, like you said, they're paying Russell Wilson so much money, and then they have the running backs fumble. Both running backs on the Broncos fumbled at the goal line in the second yeah. half. Like there, there's no way that the Broncos should have lost that game. They, they no. were moving the ball up and down the field so well. If they had just kicked a field goal, 
every time that they made uh made it down the field and reached fourth down within the red zone, they would have won. But no, they there's, they there's some kind of magic in that stadium for the Seahawks. Yeah, I mean, you look you look back at the um there was the Hail Mary with Green Bay. There was the NFC Championship game with uh, onside kick with Green Bay. Yeah. There's so many things that just happen to go right for Seattle. But credit there's Seattle the Jags defense. beating Trevor Lawrence 31 to seven in that stadium. Yeah. Oh yeah, magic right there. I mean, credit the, credit the Seahawks for um, making plays on defense. I mean, they made those plays happen. They stripped those those plays. Geno Smith again. I'm it was slow second half, but he played great in the first Gino, half. Geno, Geno, Geno to win. He did enough to win. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just like they were the the Broncos were averaging six yards a play. It was fourth and five. You have Russell Wilson. You're paying him two hundred sixty five million dollars, and you don't let him go for it there. I mean, let Russ it, fucking it, cook. Let, Let him cook, cook me some bacon and eggs, damn it! I mean, it was just, uh, it 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 was honestly unbelievable to watch. And I, everybody on Twitter, if you were following along during this game, people were like, "What? What's happening? Like, how is Seattle in this game?" <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. I I think Russell Wilson actually looked pretty good last night, though. I think he did he did well. I I think his uh, running backs failed him, and it was interesting. They didn't really work in the the wide receivers all that much yesterday you saw him he was constantly just dumping off to his running backs dumping off to his tight ends he had the touchdown to jerry judy but it was it, it seemed odd that their offensive scheme seemed very odd it seemed they, like they were trying to play safe they didn't want to throw the deep ball which russell wilson has been famously known to have one of the best if not the best deep ball in the nfl and they just weren't really letting him loose so i'm interested to see what they do going forward like you said none of them played in the preseason so maybe that was like their cautious take like oh we're playing the seahawks we should beat them anyway why don't we just keep it safe not try and not make too many mistakes but they clearly they did i think also i mean russell wilson has played in that stadium so many times but that was the first time he was playing as the road team Mm -hmm. and he had to go with the noise and there were some false starts by denver and there was delay of games i mean russell wilson's not used to He's he's heard the volume in that stadium when he's sitting on his ass on the sideline while the other <laughs> offense is on the field. This right, is the first he's time he had to, like, himself. endure it. So it's a different feel. They were booing him. Like they didn't even a lot of times when a player has had a lot of success with a franchise, um, and then they return, usually there's like some kind of tribute video where the fans like will hold up his number, the jersey, uh, they'll have nice signs about him. These Seahawks fans booed him in warm-ups and yeah. then booed him again when they came on the field. <laughs> like, they yeah. had no love for him. Which is crazy to me, because he did win them a Super Bowl. You know, it wasn't him. It wasn't because of him. But, like, you know, like he did have so much success there and kept them at least relevant and in in the mix for so many years. And they're just like, screw you. You wanted to leave us, so we're just going to say, fuck you. What's funny is that, um, well, because the Patriot fans last year, they cheered Tom Brady during warmups, but then once the game started is when they booed him. But sure. that's, you know, typical. Um, or uh, on the Manning cast, uh, Shannon Sharp asked Peyton what it was like to go back to Indy when he was, uh, you know, a Bronco. And Eli chimed in and goes, well, this, that was a different situation. You know, Russell wanted to leave. Peyton got cut. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely savage by Eli. Eli's got some one-liners on that show, man. Peyton carries, like, the, the conversational talk, but then Eli will just pop in, give a little bit of sass, and then leave. Hey, man, that, that's, a, that's a great dynamic. Eli loves making fun of Peyton. And he also, he enjoys it even more when the guests make fun of Peyton. Like, Joe Buck last year. Peyton asked me, he goes, hey, Joe, whenever you guys are doing a blowout game, do you wish you could interview a guest like this to make it more fun? And Joe goes, yeah, you know, the last time I thought about that was when you guys played Seattle in the Super Bowl. <laughs> and Eli was like, yes, 
Joe, you just went up a notch in my book. <laughs> that is amazing, dude. <laughs> yeah, Eli is an absolute savage. But we will. Uh, all right, so that that concludes. I think our review. <laughs> Hold on, burrito says someone say Eli the Brady Vanquisher. Yeah, that's right. Money Mike Eli will bring that up Brady every episode. Vanquisher. That is absolutely true. It still pisses me off that Nick Foles won a Super Bowl against Tom Brady because I still want to say that Eli is the only one to take him down, and I can't. Yeah, but he still took him down the m- most out of anybody. Yeah, that that is that sucks. That you, Eli doesn't have that sole uh, title, but uh... <laughs> and then Ian comes back with remember when he got benched for Eno Smith, Geno Smith. Yeah, I do remember that. That was quite sad. I mean, Geno Smith is the guy who, um, you know, he's he's had some key moments in his career. He uh, he took down Eli's uh, consecutive starts record. He took down uh, Drew's dreams on his honeymoon and his trip to Seattle, and he took down Russell Wilson's return to the Seahawks. So he took down a lot of uh, took, took down a lot of us. To to be fair, I was honeymooning in Hawaii, and then we stopped in Seattle on the way back. I had a much more fun honeymoon, honeymoon destination trip. than Seattle. Yes, it was part of the honeymoon trip. It was part of it. Yes, yes, but uh, it was the tail end of it. <laughs> so we'll move on to the next segment of the show, which we were going to have Steve run and introduce to us, which was the overaction, oh overaction, overreaction. Um, actually, we never, I guess we never even really named this segment. We'll just say all of the overreactions that we wanted to talk about on this show from week one, because everybody loves to overreact after the first week of the NFL season, already crowding the Buffalo Bills, the Super Bowl champs, already saying that Daniel Jones and the New York Giants are going to the Super Bowl. But let's talk about those overreactions. I don't know who's saying that one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk about those overreactions and see if they're legit. All right. So the first one we wanted to talk about was something to do with Derek Carr, right, Money Mike? Yeah, I mean, he uh, he did not look great. He threw three interceptions uh, against the Chargers. Um, I, I think, uh, are people going to overreact and think that the Raiders are going to be the worst team in the AFC West? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. I, I think that's an overreaction. I think, you know, they played a really good team. They played the Los Angeles Chargers in L.A. Um, it was a divisional game. And uh, I think that uh, he's still a guy that I think a lot of fans can – uh, hope to play like start him in your fantasy teams he's going to have good games the Raiders are going to win a lot of football games this year um, it was just you know it was a um, slow start against a really good team and unfortunately they didn't get the win they almost came back and won but they uh, lost by five so yeah I don't think that that's an over I, I, I think it's an overreaction if you're going to think that the Raiders are um, are done <laughs> after yeah. one game no and i don't think anybody's saying that the raiders are done right that, that'd be a pretty stupid thing to say um i i do think that obviously the broncos came out not looking as good as we thought they were going to but it's so early in the season it's definitely an overreaction to say that the raiders are done right i mean when you have Devonte adams and Derek carr who's been getting better each year you, you gotta just kind of roll with it and see how it goes in week two and three i 100 percent agree um all right and then the other overreaction you had Related to the Green Bay Packers and how Aaron Rodgers might be in for a long season, do you do you think that his receiving core is going to keep him from having a successful season? I, I think it's an overreaction to think after one game the Green Bay Packers are out of it. I do think they are going to need some time to develop because uh, they are young and they have to develop some chemistry. But I do think the Packers will still be a good football team this year. I do think they'll bounce back. They Again, they got killed in week one last year and went on to be the number one seed. I don't foresee them being the number one seed, but I do foresee them still being a team that makes the playoffs in the NFC because the NFC is not that strong of a conference. 
Um, so, no, I think they'll figure it out. And uh, I think that Aaron Rodgers is a great enough quarterback to elevate those around him. Um, so I believe that they just need some time. He even said, you know, the patience is going to be there early in the year, but it's going to wear thinner as the season goes on. And I think that they'll they'll definitely win a, a lot of ball games, and they're going to figure it out. So I, I believe the Green Bay Packers will be fine. Um, it's just going to take some time. But anyone who believes that they're going to have an awful year and they're going to be at the bottom of the North behind Detroit and Chicago, no, that's not happening. Yeah, I, I don't think that's going to happen. But I honestly don't think they're going to be that successful this year. I think it's an overreaction to say they're going to be shit. But I, I just... I am not confident after that first week against the Minnesota Vikings. I know the Vikings are going to be that damn good, man. They're going to make the Super Bowl. I'm telling you right now. They're going to the Super Bowl, and it's going to be with ease. There's not even going to be one close game. Tom Brady is going to have his head shoved up his ass by Kirk Cousins, and they are going to make the Super Bowl. I'm telling you right now. But uh, the Packers, on the other hand, I think they're going to really struggle. Because look at that receiver room, man. The receiver room looks terrible. Like, like Aaron Rodgers is great, but he can only be so great. I saw Sammy Watkins crush it at the Carrier Dome when he was playing for Clemson. He's 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 good. Yeah, that was a long time ago, Money Mike. Also, he has only been, I think, fifteen percent successful throughout his NFL career. He's played for a lot of teams, and he has only been successful for a few of them. Yeah, well, he has a ring. Yeah, that's true. He does have a ring. He he did not really. I, did he even like contribute to that, that ring game? much? I don't know. We have to look at the stats. <laughs> All right, so Money Mike says it's an overreaction. I, I, I don't know if I'll say it's an overreaction. I think it's a... It's a reaction. It, yeah, it's a reaction. Um, all right, so we'll move on to the next one. Some people are saying that Trey Lance, already a failed project. He isn't going to be able to bring the 49ers to where they need to go with their stacked roster around him. Losing to the Bears was embarrassing, pun intended, and... They're bad and they should feel bad. Money Mike, is this an overreaction or no? Uh, I think it's uh, not an overreaction to say that the loss to the Chicago Bears was embarrassing because um, it, it is. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry to your friend, Sean. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think that it is an overreaction to say that Trey Lance is garbage and that he's like not going to be the guy or people saying, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the starter again by October. No, he's not. They're, they have gone all in on this Trey Lance uh, situation, and I think that I, I, I think there's a lot of potential with Trey Lance that's there. It was a really ugly weather game. I mean, the, 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 it was a swamp. Uh, it was a, really a swamp. I've never seen field conditions slide. that bad. It was terrible. And even when they were filming the game, you saw like all the muck and stuff on the camera lens. Like It was just terrible. Yeah. You know, So it was a bad weather game. Um, he got beat up. He made some mistakes. It was his first start of the season. And I think he's only had like two or three starts before that in the NFL. So that's a tough one to go into. And I mean, San Francisco didn't like get killed or anything. I mean, it was, it was a close game. They were winning I mean, for they... most of the game. And then the, yeah. the Bears just kind of rallied. And it really sucks when your fantasy team is very reliant on a game that looks like that. Cause I had Debo Samuel, David Montgomery, uh, Robbie gold, and Cole Komet, the tight end, and that's that a just, game you want to kick her as as a part of your fantasy. Yeah, I was. I went. I saw that the weather was bad, and it was already like one o'clock. But I was like, okay, well, I'm screwed. And uh, it was in our league that you and I are in together, and I had by far the lowest score of everybody in the entire league. So hoping for a big bounce back. 
What's that? I run the highest scores. Uh, my team is living up to its name. My team is definitely better than Jason's team. Oh, lucky you. Yeah, we'll see. It's only week one, Mike. Just like we're talking about with the real NFL teams, it's only week one in our fantasy league as well. But uh, we will move on to the next potential overreaction, and that is Vikings coach Kevin McConnell. Oh, O'Connell, not McConnell. O'Connell. Um, is he already proven? as the better coach compared to sean mcveigh is he is he the actual wizard and was he the reason why the rams won the super bowl no no (laughs) that's terrible if people are actually saying that that is ridiculous they had one good game like i I, hey man i i believe in the minnesota vikings as much as anybody but you have to at least have a little bit bigger of a body of work than winning one game (laughs) <laughs> one, one game against the Green Bay Packers team where we just talked about has a bad receiving core. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, no. The, one game, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh, man. All right. Well, uh, the next overreaction are the ones that I came up with. And obviously the ones that I come up with are the most interesting and are going to generate the most excitement on this podcast. So the first one I'm going to bring up. The Buffalo Bills will post to an AFC East division title and not even be challenged against any of their opponents because of how poor they looked this past weekend. Overreaction. Overreaction. <laughs> Come on. I mean, they're going to play great. They're going to be have a great season. They're Again, bring out the Zumba pants. You know, they're going to be awesome. <laughs> like, it's be so much the, fun to watch. The Zumba pants. <laughs> uh, but, uh, again, this is what the Bills have – they play at Baltimore. That's going to be a challenging game. It's not like they're going to march through that. Uh, they're going to play at Kansas City. They can't seem to win in Kansas City. I mean, they did last year in the regular season. Ooh. Uh, but they can't seem to beat Kansas City when it counts. Um, they have to go play the New York Jets. That's going to be a challenge. Uh, they play the Minnesota Vikings, who are going to march to the Super Bowl, if, if according to Drew. <laughs> uh, they, have to go, oh, uh, they have to go to Cincinnati, who actually – did something the Bills didn't do last year. They actually won the AFC. Yeah, you know, but so dude, the Cincinnati looked to, so bad on Sunday. What are you City. talking about? They actually went to Kansas City and beat the, the Patrick Mahomes oh and, and the Chiefs. God, so, dude. They lost to Mitch Trubisky and the Steelers, who, to be fair, we actually said we're going to be pretty decent this year. I don't know if they will be now, but. Okay. Yeah. Yes, that was bad. But here's <laughs> the thing. Cincinnati turned the ball over five times and should have still won the game. That that's a that's a knock against the Steelers though. That that's not a good thing for the Bengals. That the fact that they were able to overcome that. That's just the fact that the Steelers weren't good enough to close it out. That the Bengals looked bad. Joe Burrow did not look good. Like well, yeah, I, that, they need that, to turn that it around. Quick. That, that game. That game. Were, this is week one. The, the Bills go to Cincinnati on January second, the second to last week of the year. So that is going to be a much different Cincinnati team than you're seeing right now. All right, overreaction. Bengals are going to be trash. Overreaction. Oh. Overreaction. They're gonna play. They're gonna be fine. Oh my god! I can't believe you. Did Did you see how bad they looked? I did. I did. It was not good. Uh. But here's the thing. It's different when with Joe Burrow throwing that many interceptions versus Daniel Jones. I, I'm honestly okay, joking. Has, I think the Bengals will be fine. Yeah, Joe Burrow has <laughs> earned some respect, whereas Daniel Jones has not. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Fine. So, so you're saying that the Buffalo Bills aren't going to have an easy? I always said winning their division. I didn't even say winning the conference. 
I thought you said you just you said winning the AFC. No, I am one hundred percent certain. I said winning the division easily and have zero. Oh, oh well, then that no, no, that zero after yeah, they'll win that without without any kind of hiccup. But they they should okay. go six and zero in the division because everybody is saying that the Jets, the Patriots, and the Dolphins looked absolutely terrible on Sunday. I mean, the the Dolphins obviously looked the best out of the three because they won. Yep. See, Ian's on my side. If you were in the chat, he said he said the East. So suck I, you it, know, Mike. I, I, I jumped to I thought you were I was thinking you were saying AFC in general so I was like jumping to the conclusion there. <laughs> See the, oh, this sorry, is I the benefit of you. doing this is the benefit of doing the show live but yeah. Um so you're saying that the Bills will still easily outdo the Oh yeah, of the I mean I, I and I don't think it's here's another thing that's not an overreaction. The Patriots will be fourth place in the division. Ooh. They look that yeah. bad to you, huh? Oh yeah, when Zach Wilson comes back, the Jets will be better than the Patriots. Okay. All right. I, it's interesting. Right now, no. Right now, no. They're both going to be so bad. <laughs> yes. That... It's a weird debate because just both of them are not good. Um, and the Dolphins, I mean, here's the thing. Let's see the Dolphins play a good team because they did not play a good team week one. So let's see the Dolphins play a good team and see how good they are. But the Dolphins are not the Buffalo Bills. And I think the Buffalo Bills will prove that point in week, what is it, three or four when they play each other, um, where the Bills will go down to Miami and just curb stomp the Dolphins. Yeah. I think and I, I mean, honestly, the Bills should be ashamed of themselves if they don't go six and zero in the division this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, they, they should be absolutely cool. ashamed. Uh, you know, businesses in Buffalo should close down for the day in shame if they hold if they hang if they hang any Buffalo beer, Bills apparel, gear, anything uh, decorative things. If they lose a game in the AFC East this year, you should close your business down for the day in shame that the Bills lost to the, somebody in the AFC East. Yeah, 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 that would definitely, definitely not be a good look. Okay, last overreaction, and then we'll go to game picks for for week two. Talk a little bit about the next exciting week of the NFL season. And my last overreaction is a lot of people are saying that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to make the Super Bowl. Um, well, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's a little bit of an overreaction with how great Trevor Lawrence looked over the weekend, how dominant their defense looked? I mean, that's not an overreaction at all. It's legitimate. No, of course it's an overreaction. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just kidding. I don't think that's a legitimate uh, overreaction. By the way, nobody's talking about this. Trayvon Walker, the number one overall pick from last NFL draft, looked absolutely amazing in the game. Oh, yeah. He got himself a pick, got himself a sack, three tackles, killed it. Nobody's talking about it because we're the Jags. But uh, we'll, we'll move on from that because nobody likes to hear me talk about the Jags. So... With an update with our picks, obviously last week here I'll I'll play a little bit of music for you guys. You know, like, you know let's uh, let's make the show a little bit more exciting. Yeah, there it is, the rapid fire recap music, money Mike. Remember those I'll days? Bring it back. Yeah, but yeah, we gotta bring that back. Sure, us just like no, no, stumbling no, I mean, over our I words live. The music back. Not 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 no, because those are such a pain in the ass to write. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, imagine doing that live, just stumbling over our words, trying to <laughs> trying to actually yeah. make it sound smooth. Uh, quick uh, prediction by Sir Burrito Bandit: Giants versus Jags Super Bowl. Giants win forty-eight to seven. That would suck. I'd be happy hey. to see him in Super Bowl, but oh man. Hey, we get to see that play out on uh, October twenty-third. Giants and Jags. Yeah, man. Well, it's Super Bowl preview, baby. All right. Uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll start talking here about week two. Week one, obviously, like I said, Money Mike lost his survivor pick uh, with the Panthers over the Cleveland Browns. I actually tied my survivor pick with the Colts and Texans like we talked about. The Colts did not seem to play up to their potential in week one. Uh, Money Mike so graciously said that I didn't lose uh, by getting the tie with my pick. So I am still 
alive with two survivor picks. Money Mike is down to one. Money Mike, do you want to pick first? Or do you want me to pick first? Uh, you can go first. All right. So this is actually my first time even looking at the week two schedule. I like to just kind of figure these things out on the fly. Um, so I think for my pick this week, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to pull a 180 here. My lock for the week is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals over the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. It did, right, right after me talking shit about the Bengals, I think the Cowboys are going to be absolutely atrocious this year, and they will not be able to be friends. Yeah. I'm going to go, again, I, I even though I'm, I need to really bounce back because I am already down one, and if I lose this, I'm out. And who wants to be out at week two? Uh, so I can't really take a chance. So I got to pick. But it's hard to pick a good team so early in the season, but I kind of have to. So I'm going to pick Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos to bounce back at home playing the Houston Texans as my lock pick. Interesting. So I'm going with Denver. Picking against the Texans again, we are someone on this podcast. You know, it's uh, nobody believes it's in strategy. the Texans, even after winning or after tying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. All right, well, uh, I guess we'll move on to uh, the, the normal picks for our show. Obviously, we always pick the Jags, Giants, and Bills, but we decided. It's unfortunate Steve's not here, but we're going to pick the Vikings games uh, every week going forward as well, right, Mike? Yeah, we're adding it to the rotation because Steve is a part of the show, and the whole theme is we've always picked the teams that are associated with our fandom, and so now the Vikings are added to that rotation, so I'm glad to have an, another game to, to call. Um you know, we can start with uh, the first game on the schedule for our four teams, uh, and it's been very active in this podcast in particular. The Panthers at the New York Giants. The Giants are favored by two and a half. I last week did not pick the Giants, and they won. But I also picked Carolina last week, and they lost. So it seems whatever I say is the opposite. Uh, but I'm rolling with the New York Giants. Let's go. Money Mike's feeling good after that dub, baby. All right. Um, I'm going to actually side with Ian here. I think Baker Mayfield just needed some time to find his groove in that Panthers uniform. He was able to figure it out and almost will them to a win, a comeback win. And I think it's going to take that momentum into this Giants game and kind of put you guys in your place. I still think you guys are coming last in the, the division line. I'm rooting for you, but I got to stick with my prediction. So I'm picking the Carolina Panthers to win this matchup. That's fair. That's that, that's very fair. Usually when I pick the Giants, they don't win. But hey, let's... let's... <laughs> Let's change it. It's a different era in New York. It's a new era, baby. <laughs> new era. All right, now we have the Indianapolis Colts going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, they have not won in Jacksonville since, like, 2014 or 2015. Their season ended last year because they had to go to Jacksonville win, and they were in, and they lost. Drew, do the Indianapolis Colts finally overcome that obstacle and get their first win of the year? Or do your Jacksonville Jaguars get their first win of the year? And keep the streak alive. We're going 0-2. We're going 0-2. I'm, I'm telling you right now, Matt Ryan has always decimated us. And I don't think that's going to change with him being on the Colts. I think the Colts finally will find their groove. Obviously, we weren't able to stop the run last week. Jonathan Taylor, I think, is going to roll, run all over us. And I think the Colts finally, finally end the streak of losing against the Jaguars. In Jacksonville. Well, Drew did not pick my team, but I will pick his. I will be the better friend. I'm going with the Jacksonville Jaguars to keep the streak alive and get Ugh. their first win of the season. Maybe their only win of the season, <laughs> but they will win this game against the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts did not look that good, whereas the Jags had some peak moments. They just couldn't convert. They're going to yeah. figure those things out. 
So I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. If this was in Indianapolis, I would totally pick the Colts. But I'm going with the Jags in Jacksonville. Those blue and white uniforms can't seem to handle the heat down there in Jacksonville. So I'm going with Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I love it. I love it. I hope you're right. Let's go. And then both the other two games play on the, the two games on Monday night. We have a weird Monday night schedule this week, Drew. Where one game starts at 7.15 on ESPN. And then the second game starts at 8.30 on ABC. Oh, wow. I never realized that. Yeah, it's it's weird. Huh. Um, it, it, it's very weird. Uh, but we have the Bills and Titans playing in the first game, which uh, for most of the fans of this podcast, other than Steve, most people will be watching that game for the majority <laughs> of it. Um, I wonder if they'll have red zone for that uh, available on Monday night. <laughs> Maybe yeah, not. Yeah, I don't think so. But uh, Tennessee Titans too. coming off a demoralizing giant loss on Sunday versus the Buffalo Bills who cruise to a win on opening night in Los Angeles. They're at home. Bills Mafia gets their first uh, view of the Bills. It's a primetime game this early in the year for the Buffalo Bills. What? What? <laughs> the Buffalo Bills are playing in primetime? Two times what? in a row. Two weeks in a row. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. They're playing in primetime both first weeks of the season. I love it because they're not blacking out the Giants. Um, <laughs> Drew, I'm going to – they're, they're, they're a 10-point favorite. I think not only with the Bills Ten win, points? They will they are 10-point favorites. Oh, that is they win, huge in the NFL. I believe they will cover that spread. I'm rolling with the Buffalo Bills because wow. clearly I'm the biggest Bills fan on this podcast. Let's go, Buffalo. Get the Zumba pants out. <laughs> yeah, dude, there's going to be a lot of Titans betters, I think. That, 10 points is a lot, dude. And the, the, the Bills have lost to the Titans the last two times they've played. And uh, I don't think this is going to be as easy as we want for them, but, I mean, I got two words for Titans. The Tennessee Titans. Suck it. All right. The, don't get the chat too excited there, Drew. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm picking the Buffalo Bills to win and go 2-0. Oh. Yeah, that, and that's two for two that Drew picks the Bills, like I said in last show. Uh, let's record how many times he actually picks against them to win. Um, <laughs> Homer. Um, and then we've got... Steve's Minnesota Vikings playing the Philadelphia Eagles. I hope Chris is still watching the show so he can watch me pick the Vikings to stomp his Philadelphia Eagles. Although I hope it's a high-scoring game because I have Jalen Hurts in one league and I've got the uh, two Eagles starting receivers in my other league. So I hope it's a high-scoring affair, but I believe the Vikings will go into Philadelphia and beat the Eagles in a close one. That's only a two-point spread, so in favor yeah. of Philadelphia. That makes um, sense. So I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings to start their season off 2-0. Drew, they're your NFC favorites. I mean, you got to be picking them, right? Yeah, I'm going to be picking them. And I think the thing I'm most interested in for this matchup is their defense. I want to see if their defense is going to hold up against a, a an offense that proved to be look pretty explosive against the Detroit Lions, something we haven't seen in a few years for the Philadelphia Eagles. They, they, they've got a solid running back committee back there. A.J. Brown is turning out to be a fantastic target for Jalen Hurts, who's finally starting to learn how to throw the ball a little bit, actually be a quarterback. So it's going to be a good matchup, but I'm picking the Minnesota Vikings. Cool. I drew, I'm going to throw a curveball at you uh, because this is by far the game of the week, um, and I think we should at least say on record who we're taking. It doesn't have to count in our pick totals or anything. Sure. But for the first time, they're having um, Thursday Night Football airing on Prime Video. Al Michaels will be commentating. I think he's commentating with Richard Sherman. All right. Yeah. I think that's who it is. I'd, I'd have to double check on oh, that. I know. It's definitely Al Michael. Richard Sherman, I think, is going to be on the desk. It's going to be Kirk Herbstreit. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I knew that um, that Richard Sherman was part of it in some ways. Yeah. I heard him on his podcast talk about it. So I thought maybe he was like the player that was with Al Michaels. 
but that's cool. Kirk Herbstreit and now Michaels, that's a great duo. Yeah. Um, Chargers at Arrowhead playing the Chiefs. We all said it all offseason long. These AFC West matchups are going to be fun games to watch no matter who's playing each other because all four teams should be good. Um, Herbert versus Patrick Mahomes. Who are you taking? Who do you think is going to win this game? I'm going to take the uh, Kansas City Chiefs because I don't think Keenan Allen's playing. I think he's going to be out. He got hurt in the past weekend, so I think I'm going to take the Chiefs. I am too. I, 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 I still stand by my pick of the Chargers winning the West, but I, man, people were talking about how Patrick Mahomes was going to miss Tyreek Hill. Did, did you I see never the Chiefs? thought that, dude. I did never see, thought that Did you see the Chiefs week one? I mean, people were already crowning the Buffalo Bills as the you know AFC champions and Super Bowl champions, and I just want to say, the team that they can't beat is Kansas City, and Patrick Mahomes threw five touchdown passes to no interceptions at a quarterback rating of 144. Yeah. And he only he threw 39 passes and only missed nine of them. That's okay. A good day. So, so, yeah. So right now, I mean, based on week one, Patrick Mahomes is more likely to win the MVP than um, Josh Allen on stats alone. Right? Is that fair? So Mike, I mean, did, Mike, did you have to say that? Come on, man. Like when I'm talking fair? about the Bills, you got to get the Bills out of your head, dude. That they're in your head rent free. All you're doing is just talking shit about them. No, I'm not talking. Did I, what did I say about the Bills? I said they were great top to bottom. They ran well as an organization. They have great coaching. They have a, the, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. They have the best defense. I, I criticized their punting game. That's all I criticized about the team itself. <laughs> we don't even know what their punting game looks like. They're that damn good. They didn't need to punt yet this season. <laughs> exactly. So terrible that you don't even use it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mike. All right, we get it. You hate the Bills. You love the I don't Chiefs. Hate the Bills. I, you I love I Tom Brady. You are just the worst them. type of NFL fan out there. And that is all I'm going to say on that matter. <laughs> all right. I, I, I love getting any kind of – what did I say? I, I said off the podcast, I was, like, talking about the 12th man Seattle fans. I'm like, yeah, they're way more intense than Bill's Mafia. And you're like, why? 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 <laughs> like, like, what, where did this come from? <laughs> all right. I think at that point we, we finalized our picks – we are all set for week two of the NFL season. I am incredibly hyped after that first week. That first week was incredible, right? Like, Oh, my God. Every game was exciting. We thought we were going to have two ties between Pittsburgh and Cincinnati and Indianapolis and Houston. Uh, I hate ties. I, I wish that they had a rule where you have to have a result. So I wish it kept going. But um, if they did, they'd probably still be playing in Indy and Houston. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, no, I mean, it, it was there were so many there were so many turnovers. I mean, so many turnovers, so many missed kicks and extra points. Yeah. Um, it was sloppy. I mean, it was, the people. Are, it was week one. People were getting the jitters out. It was. Right. Uh, it, it was intense. But it, I mean, if that was week one, we have seventeen more weeks. Seventeen more weeks of football like that, and then playoffs. Like this is awesome. I, I, put on Twitter. I had no shame in from twelve o'clock, to, eleven o'clock. I was watching football stuff. That, that was my Sunday, and I fucking love it. Going to be crazy here is right, Ian. 17 more weeks of NFL football means 17 more weeks of another damn sports podcast. He is Money Mike Gilchrist. I am Drew Torres. Shout out to the New York Yankees. Shout out to Ubisoft. And I hope you guys enjoy week two of the NFL season. Take care. Uh, fuck the Yankees.